Achieving success, being healthy and wealthy, and lifelong happiness is anyone's ultimate dream. In the grand scheme of things, self-doubt limits you from achieving great things. The path towards the zenith of success and controlling your life is at your hands. This is the Unlimited Influence. Reprogram your subconscious mind with Dr. David Snyder. So it is our official start time. I think I got off on a tangent there, but... While we're waiting for the rest of the people to trickle in, welcome to my world. Won't you motherfuckers come on in? <laughs> my name is David Snyder. Welcome to NLP Power slash NLP today. Just as a, a quick, you know, for my edification, for how many of you tonight is it your first experience with the madness and mayhem that is me? Raise your hand. It's okay. Okay, a couple of things about hand raising tonight. This means I know the answer. This means I don't. This means, oh shit, I hope he doesn't call on me. (laughs) (laughs) This means yes. This means no. There will be a test. Okay? Um, Let's see. If swearing, profanity, colorful metaphors, politically incorrect metaphors, or the word boobies (laughs) offends you, get the fuck out. I do not, my intention is never to offend anyone, but my intention is to provoke as many people as humanly possible. Why? Because until you've provoked it, you don't know where the problems are. You got landmines you know about, you have two sets of beliefs. Every single one of you in this room has two sets of beliefs. Now they're going to say, oh yeah, I know, positive and negative. No. That's not how it works. I wish it was. You have two sets of beliefs. The beliefs you know about and the beliefs you don't. And it's the beliefs that you don't know about. The beliefs that are buried in your bodies, below the surface, below the threshold of what you think is the real reason things aren't working out for you in your life. That are keeping you from manifesting the things you want. Which goes back to the question, what do we want? Most people, when I looked at the the list for tonight... The word that came up most often was fear, doubt, barriers, blockages. So tonight, maybe we'll do a cognitive enema. (laughs) We'll get rid of those blockages. What do you think? (coughs) I shit you not. You'll get that tomorrow. All right. A little bit of background about where I come from and what I do. I was talking a little bit about my pedigree or where some of this started uh, as we were beginning to to rev up today's meeting. Um, My name is David Snyder. I am a ninth degree black belt in the martial arts. I'm a certified trainer and uh, master practitioner in neuro-linguistic programming. I have uh, more energy credentials than McDonald's sells hamburgers. I have a licensed acupuncturist here in the state of California. I also have a diplomate of oriental medicine, a master's degree in acupuncture and oriental medicine from the Southern California University of Health Sciences. My intention, if they'll approve my application, is to start my doctorate in Chinese medicine um, probably June or May or June, I think, is when the next cohort starts. So if you see less of me in June and July, that's probably where I'm at, up to my knees and stuff. Um, I've been, I'm, a, I'm a hypnotherapist. I have a clinic in Solana. Well, we're a little tinny over here. I have a clinic in Solana Beach. We've had that clinic for 10 years. I specialize, my specialty at the clinic is treating physiological illness that has as its root repressed emotion. Now, most people 
who go to a hypnotist or a neurolinguistic programmer, they're going in the context of coaching or uh, in something that is relatively straightforward process like smoke cessation or weight loss, nail biting. And those are, those are important applications, but I don't get those quite so much. I get the really cool stuff. Post-traumatic stress, cancer, multiple sclerosis, Parkinson's, chronic constipation, things that have been, the medical doctors have said, I got no clue. Haven't responded to the medicines, things like that. Terminal cancer, see quite a bit of that. We do a lot of stuff with other more emotionally based things, but the root of everything that we do is the mind and body connection. Understanding how the emotions that we lock in our bodies and how we think and process the events of our life create our bodies and what to do to fix it. So literally the people come in with, with chronic pain they can't get rid of, uh, obsessive thoughts that they can't deal with, post-traumatic stress, and we have a really, really high success rate. One of the reasons is because we don't take everybody. Not everybody's a good candidate for the work that I do. Not everybody's a good candidate. So I'll tell you more about that towards the end of the, the meetup. We want to get into stuff today. So once again, by a show of hands, how many people here did not hear my disclaimer? All right, y'all in deep shit. All right. <laughs> All right. Once again, in case you missed it, Cliff Notes. If politically incorrect language, colorful metaphors, swearing, or profanity offends you, probably not the place for you tonight. All right. Um, this means I know the answer. This means I don't. This means, oh shit, here it comes. Right? The secret to everything tonight is following the instruction. You don't have to believe a single thing. I'm going to share with you tonight at all. All you got to do is do it and avoid actively fighting it. Okay. Now to that respect, we're going to talk about some things that kind of get in the way sometimes. We're going to get those out of the way so we can start playing a little bit. First and foremost, we got to get our body engaged in this process. You can always tell who's going to get the greatest amount of change by what they do with their bodies. I say stand up and the people who are excited and enthusiastic go, and everybody else goes, uh -huh. right? I say, raise your hands above your head. They go, right? I'm going to guarantee you that the people who are doing this aren't going to get the same level of change as people who are doing this. But I can't make you do anything you don't want to do. Or can I? <laughs> I've, over 15, I've authored over 15 different products on various forms of human influence, healing, the mind and the body. Okay? And I'll tell you all about those later, but tonight is about you. It's about things that you want. Okay? When we start working in this process, there's three components that we have to integrate to get the kind of change that I, I specialize in. And it's deep change many times. First thing we have to do is we have to avoid two of the biggest factors that come up. If you are a trained hypnotist or neurolinguistic programmer, there is this phenomena that rears its ugly head called hypnotist disease. But if you're not trained, we have another thing that comes up. It's called smart person syndrome. <laughs> the secret to this is being absorbed and focused in the processes that we do. Okay? How many people here have ever been little children? Raise your hand. Okay, very cool. So we're operating in the right place. How many people here, when you were little children, when you're a little child, come on up, don't be bashful. People in the front row get the best stuff, I promise you. 
You in deep shit now, motherfucker. Right? <laughs> when you were little children, how many of you played pretend? Come on up. Don't be bashful. We got three up here. How many? Raise your hands. Come on. Yep. The rest of you. No, I grew up in a test tube. <laughs> I did computational models. My sister was out playing Barbies. Talking about Ken, that metrosexual, transgendered bitch. Right? <laughs> How many people here, when you played pretend, were tomboys? Ladies first. How many tomboys we have in the room? Raise your hands. All right. We have the honest ones. How many girly girls we got? All right. And when you were a little, when you were out playing pretend as a little girly girl, what was your favorite thing to play pretend at? House. House. Cool. And did you have imaginary? Families, or did you have dolls that you talked to? How did you do it? Um, the dog and my dolls. The dog and your doll. And did you have conversations with the dog and your dolls? Yes. Did they talk back? No. They didn't talk back ever? <laughs> um, no. No? So how did you have conversations with them? You don't know. Did you maybe hear voices in your head? That's we have meds for you. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> How many people? How many other? How many Tom girls we have? Or Tom boys we have in the room? How many Tom girls? <laughs> like, right? How about you, ma'am? What did you play at when you were a little kid? Um, I basically love sports. Love sports? Yeah. So climbing trees. So when you played pretend, you pretended you were a sports star. Or... Um, Remember the question: When you played pretend, what did you play at? I, I think I imagined I was a famous gymnast. Famous gymnast. Very cool. <laughs> How about you, sir? I pretended I was an Indian a lot. Indian? Yeah. Very cool. So you were the side that won. <laughs> right? I'm still alive, I guess. So. You're still alive. You made it, right? How many soldiers we got? How many, how many pretend soldiers when we were kids? How many superheroes? I was a geek. Right? In fact, I am such a geek, you will probably hear me make superhero or supernatural references all throughout the evening. I'll be talking about the meat. You guys haven't seen the show? Okay. I'm in trouble. Okay. So, how many super soldiers we got? Any Batman? Any Wonder Women? Any Rambos? All right. Any liars? No. Wrong meetup. Wrong meetup, right? So here's my point. Whether you were playing with your dolls, whether you were playing house, or you were playing doctor, or you were playing fairy princess, or you were playing the king of England having tea with, with your stuffed animals and pretending they were the royal court, Right? How many people here have those moments? When you were, you know, and maybe you were, maybe you were a soldier, maybe you were a cowboy or an Indian, maybe you had a prop or something that you used to play with, maybe it was a toy gun or just a stick that you picked up out of the backyard, right? And you knew when you picked it up that it was just a stick or a toy gun for the first five minutes. Six and a half minutes later, it's a real bow and arrow. There's really cowboys coming over the hill and go, or if you're Rambo, it's a real M60. There's commies everywhere and you're killing them all. True, not true. Were you asleep? Hmm. Were you really absorbed in what you were doing? Were you focused? Were you having a ball? Yes. Ladies and gentlemen, if you can do that, be a little child. You can make any change you want. It's just a question of degree and time.
not a lie. Don't believe me. Just follow the instructions. If you can point to where you feel something in your body, you can change it. Some of us don't want to change, though. We've gotten used to that shit. Right? That's something we have to deal with on a different level. So, by a show of hands, what are you here for tonight? How many people want more money? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Dumb question, David, right? How many people want have relationship stuff they want to get handled? Ah, okay. All right. Let's talk about nuts and bolts. First and foremost, I want everybody to stand up. I want you to look directly to the person to your right, directly to the person to your left. Stick out your hand, look them in the eyes, and go, and feel good about it, goddammit. Highest number of raspberries gets a prize. Get crazy. Come on, show me what you got. Very nice. Very nice. Come on, I don't hear anything. Good, excellent. Give yourselves a big round of applause. So what the hell is this about? What the hell? I didn't say sit down, motherfucker. <laughs> Two things. First of all, I just proved that I can't, in fact, get you to do something you don't want to do. Teasing. Here's the most important thing. We got past the first hurdle. The fear that most of us have of making a fool of ourselves, of looking silly. That's the secret. That's what holds us back more often than not from allowing these techniques and these methods to work. You see, there's, remember I talked about smart persons or uh, hypnotist disease? Well, there's a corollary to that for people who aren't trained. We call it smart person syndrome. These techniques work and they work because of the degree of absorption and focus that you have while you're doing them, combined with the physical integration of the imagination and the body. You need all three, just like when you're playing pretend. If you're missing one, the technique gets weaker. It takes longer. You got to work harder. Get it? Now, smart person syndrome tends to rear its ugly head when somebody is guiding you through a process or you're being or you're leading somebody through the process and there's a part of you that's trying or trying to follow the instructions and you're repeating the instructions to yourself and then there's another part of you observing the process wondering if that shit is working right well if there's a part of you that's trying to do the process a part of you that's repeating the process and trying to learn the process simultaneously and another part of you that's on the outside wondering if this shit's even freaking working how absorbed in it are you did you do that when you were playing pretend? Hell no. Be mindful when that part of you tries to get involved. And it will. It's okay. Just realize it. All right? How many people have ever seen a movie? <laughs> okay, very cool. So you guys all know that like, when you go into a movie, because focus is important too, right? My wife has like the monopoly on focus. You can set a gun off next to her and she wouldn't notice. Unless it's something I did wrong. <laughs> she nails that shit every time. Right? Now you know how sometimes you walk into a movie, you got your big thing of popcorn and an ocean of soda on one side and your best guy or your best girl on the other. You're walking down the aisle wondering which one's going to be more fun. Right? <laughs> and the lights go down. The curtain opens. The movie starts. Can you tell me at what moment 
you became completely absorbed in that movie. Not if they did their work right, except for this massive ache in your bladder because you stayed to the very last Easter egg in the Avengers movie, right? And you got to limp out going, ah! right? That's focus. If you could tell me when that happened, you weren't focused. You weren't absorbed. Remember those things. And you're going to do awesome. Promise. All right? The secret is to just play. Have fun with it. Be okay with whatever degree of change you get because it's a wash, rinse, repeat process. Whether you hit a home run or you get a base hit, the more you do it, the deeper it works. Okay? Some of you can tell stories. How many of you have ever been to a... How many people here have been to one of my events before? Raise your hands. This is why they're back. <laughs> because if you don't leave here with something you can't use, I haven't done my job. Right? But if you have questions about any of the processes you're going to be learning tonight, and I don't know how far down this rabbit hole we're going to go together. This is a big room. So I, I'm, and I want you to know I'm going to give you as much as I can tonight. I'm grateful for every single one of you for being here. Right? So I will give you as much as I can, probably more than you want. <laughs> and I will tell you, I mean, if this is the scope of everything we have, I got time for this, even with three hours. So we're going to go as far as we can, and I'll show you where to go for more. Would that be fair? Okay, very cool. All right, so since we're standing, we're going to talk about the very first thing that we have to get a handle on, but after we know what we want. And I'm going to do a whole segment on figuring out and ironing out what we want, because there's certain steps that clarify things. And I'm going to tell you something that's going to create a, a, a lot of resistance right up front. How many people here believe in goals? Raise your hand if you believe in goals. 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 Goals and goal setting. Oh, goal too. Yeah, gold is good, right? Some people, Zig Ziglar used to call it gold setting. You guys remember those, those, those days of Zig? I love Zig. You can get anything you want in life. You just help enough other people get what they want. And it's true. A lot of the persuasion and influence that I teach, I, and I do teach a lot of it, everything from real estate to voir dire, judge and jury selections, things like that. I work with a lot of different influence professionals, and everything I do is about win-win. It's about connection. We're the good Jedi, right? <laughs> you know, but there's a lot of people out there who are using this stuff for less than honorable or ethical purposes. And unless you know what they're doing, you'll never see it coming. You'll never see it coming. So learn it at whatever speed and whatever, in whatever way is useful. A, to help yourselves to use it for real people, to get the riches and the romance and the, the success that you want, but also to protect yourself. To understand when these things, because there are many, many highly funded three-letter agencies out there hangering you with this stuff every single day. All right. So that being said, let's talk about the most important thing. Human beings only do things in response to a feeling. Okay, period. It's either a feeling they want more of or a feeling they want a whole lot less of. That's it. You might think you want a new car. You might think you want a new house, a new boyfriend, a new girlfriend. No, you don't. You want what those things let you feel. This is when the first one talks about goal setting. First thing we have to get out of the way is if all we want is a feeling, we don't need to set goals. We don't because you're capable of creating any feeling you want right now at whatever intensity level you want right now. You need to add something to that. When you're setting a goal, you have to ask yourself a question. What will this goal 
aside from the good feelings it gets, allow me to do? What will it allow me to do? Each and every person in this room is here to exert more power and influence and control over their life. But you can be happy. If you, once you understand state control and how it actually works neurologically, you can be happy sitting on the, on the couch eating haagen and never get a fucking thing done. <laughs> Sounds like my husband. <laughs> but I'm bumped. We did sign the video release, right? <laughs> so... While it's important to understand that everything human beings do is in response to a feeling in their bodies that they either want more of or they want less of, when we start navigating our course in life, we have to ask one extra, we had to act a little extra qualifier. What will these things allow me to do? How will it move my ability to exert influence and control over my life, to take the randomness, if you will, out of my life? We add that in and we start getting a little bit of a different quality answer. And that's important. Because your nervous system, your neurology, is the, have a seat guys, sorry, let me keep saying, we'll get back up in a minute. Your neurology is the single most powerful reality creation mechanism on the planet, short of the planet itself. But you have this phenomena inside you. I call it the somatic search engine. We're gonna play with it a little bit later. But your neurology is hardwired to seek out and answer any question that you ask it, regardless of how badly formed the question is. How many people have ever seen or know of somebody, have maybe done this themselves, or you know somebody who does it. Something happens and the first thing out of the mouth is, why does this always happen to me? And the neurology is down there going, oh, he wants a list. Boom. <laughs> because that's what your neurology does. Your neurology must seek to answer any question that you put to it. So I suge suggest it and I submit it to you that the quality of your life will be vastly determined by the quality of the questions you ask. Anybody ever notice when you're playing on Google that the way you structure the question dramatically changes how you, the answers that you get? Of course. Where do you think they got that shit from? <laughs> they didn't get it from NLP, although there's probably, uh, there's probably a little bit in there. Natural language processing, right? It's a different type of NLP, right? Uh, in my school of NLP, we actually have two versions of NLP that we teach. There's the one that everybody learns out of the textbook, and then there's the one that actually works. <laughs> I shouldn't say that. It's a sad, it's a sad commentary that vast, the vast majority of people who learn NLP can't ever use it. They can't ever use it. It, it. it never becomes practical for them outside of the treatment room. You're in the, you're in the applied sciences wing today. Okay? But what we're going to do isn't just NLP. It's going to be a a synthesis of a lot of things I've learned from a lot of different sources. But the first thing we have to understand is everything we do is feeling driven. Everything we do is feeling driven. We need to learn how to tap into that. Because as we tap into the feelings in our body, how many people are big, big on law of attraction? Raise your hands if you, if, you, if you know anything about it or care about it. All right, here's the thing we need to understand about law of attraction. Remember I said you have two sets of beliefs? Beliefs you know about and beliefs you don't. Each and every one of those beliefs, whether you know about it or not, has a feeling connected to it. That feeling is a measure of the frequency. That feeling is analogous to an energy in your body. That energy is analogous to a frequency. As the feelings in your body change, 
the frequencies in your mind and body change. How many people know a little bit about law of attraction? What does the law of attraction actually teach us? Not a fucking clue, huh? <laughs> I didn't know you were gonna be asking me questions, goddammit! What's the law of attraction teach us? What you think you basically attract. You attract into your life what you think. It's a vibrational phenomenon. The most cutting-edge quantum physicists in the planet, as well as the most ancient of sages, are all telling us the same thing. That everything that has ever existed, everything that ever will exist, or could exist, is already here. Why aren't we seeing it? Why aren't we manifesting it? It's because of the vibrational filters installed in our neurology. We can't interact with something that we can't harmonize and connect with. You get that? But here's what they didn't teach us. They didn't teach us. See, the law of attraction tells us, and this is not a law of attraction meetup, although you'll find the same foundations here. Do we have a, a, a seat for this young lady? Okay. Come on in, don't be bashful. Just like you have beliefs you know about and beliefs you know, they tell you that the law of attraction says you will pull into your life the events, situations, circumstances, and people that are in harmony with your dominant thoughts. What you think about, you become, in essence. Epigenetics is telling us that that's basically true. You know that your thoughts can actually change your DNA. If you didn't know it, look up Bruce Lipton's work. It's out there. Here's what they didn't tell us. That you have two sets of thoughts. The ones you know about, the ones you don't. And it's the interplay between those two sets of thoughts that creates the vibrational message that you send out to the universe that will either amplify and accelerate the things that you pull in or push them further away or taint what you create. Usually somewhere in between. We usually get something that we want but not exactly the way we wanted it. True, not true. Right? This is because you have these different levels of yourself that need to be harmonized. They need to be aligned. Right? I tell people that every human being I've ever worked with, and I've worked with thousands of them, and I do every day, either virtually or in person, every human being is moving through the world the equivalent of a jet engine and an anchor strapped to their back. And it's the difference between the drag and the thrust that determines how far you get, how fast. If you just, you know, most of us are going through life trying to put more juice in the engine. Get more thrust, get more thrust, get more thrust. Some of us more literally than others, right? You'll get that tomorrow. <laughs> right? But we don't spend as much time cutting the anchor. If all we did was cut the anchor, let go of the garbage that's holding us back, that's creating the drag, we take off like a rocket. Which brings us to the, kind of circling back to this whole goal thing. It's great to have a direction as long as you know where the frick you're going. And it's great to have all that energy if you, as long as you know where you're going, right? So it's all gonna, you're going to find out. I gave, you the, I gave you the most important piece right up front. It's all about feelings. It's all about feelings. You can change your feelings. How many people have ever heard, have, uh, heard of a show called Lie to Me? If you haven't, it's on Netflix. Go rent every single season. The consultant for that show was a man named Dr. Paul Ekman. Dr. Ekman is the world's leading authority on facial cues, lie detection, and emotions. He's actually written a couple of books with the Dalai Lama on emotions. Dr. Eggman wrote a book called Emotions Revealed. In that book, he talks about 
a filter that your neurology has. He identifies it. It's called the emotional refractory period. <clears throat> Remember I said that everything that could ever be or is already here? Why aren't we seeing it? It's because of filters. The most powerful filter that you have, aside from your beliefs, is your current emotional state. Dr. Ekman isolated a filter within the human nervous system that activates whenever we have a strong emotional state change. And basically what it does is it takes all the information in the environment and based on the state you have at the time, it reorganizes what you pay attention to first. All right, how many people here have ever been in an argument with somebody? If you're in my house, it's hourly. Right? How many people here have ever had the, the experience of going through the argument process? He said, she said, you should this, you let the toilet sit up. No, I didn't. It was the you know gremlin or whatever. And you finally resolve it. Right? Some some mysterious person left the toilet seat up, it will never happen again. Right? And for the next 10, 15, 20 minutes, however long it is, everything you say pisses that person off again. Anybody have this experience? Welcome to the wonderful world of the emotional refractory period. Your body likes to stay in a steady state. It likes to maintain whatever emotional state it's in. It tends to default towards finding equilibrium. So what it does, without your permission, without your understanding, is the moment you go, like say you get pissed off, right? And you resolve the pissed off section. There's a half-life to it. The filters, the priority that you give to information around you changes. Let's say there's 10 units of information in your environment. Eight of them are positive. Yeah, three. That's a German three. Right? Eight of them are positive. Two are negative. If your emotional refractory period is keeping you on the negative side, guess what you'll focus on first? That's right. Now, this process is happening to you all the time every minute of every day. You just didn't know it. My job as a teacher is to teach you how to be progressively more self-aware and what the ramifications of that are. When I teach my students influence, when I teach them how to move through the world and get more money, you know, move up in their company or, or win that jury verdict or win more clients or whatever, I tell them Anything outside of your awareness is outside of your control. You don't get a two-minute warning that's that, then you're having a, you're about to have an emotional state change. You don't get this two-minute warning. Danger, Will Robinson! Danger! You're about to get pissed off. You don't realize you've had an emotional state change until you're in it, and the filter's already set up. So what the hell do we do about it? First of all, realize the dynamics of what's happening. Second of all, the moment we do become aware of it, hit the stop button. How do we do that? Everybody stand up. How many people here? No, that's not, I can't use that one. I was going to ask a dirty question. Anyway. <laughs> I, I like to tweak your lizard brain. You guys know you have three brains, right? You have your neocortex, your rational lying brain. Right in between that is what they call the limbic system or your mammalian brain. It's your emotional brain. And then at the center of it all is the pearl. The paleocortex is commonly referred to in Soviet sports psychology. Your lizard or reptile brain. 
and he's running the show. Right? And as long as we keep the reptile engaged, we have your attention. The minute we start lapsing into neocortex speak, that top layer of the onion, the one that thinks in facts and figures and things like that, you've got less than 20 minutes, usually around five to 10 minutes of attention span, and then you're done. Okay? When you start focusing on feeling states in your body, you will change the vibrational signature that you send out to the world. But more importantly, all metaphysics aside, when you change the feelings in your body, the neurological filter that you have in place that looks for information to reinforce or re-trigger that state will be in your favor instead of working against you. How many people here do affirmations? Anybody here do affirmations? Good. Don't. Um, <laughs> everybody, everybody ever notice that we only tend to do affirmations when we're feeling shitty? Yeah. <laughs> Wrong time to do affirmations. Why? We need to find the stop button. We need to find a rock solid, hardcore way to change the feelings in our body and reorient that filtering mechanism the moment we become aware of it. Now I've been teaching, I'm gonna teach you something called power poses, but we're gonna go, we're gonna go a little bit off the deep end shortly. Um, and we'll do that in a minute. I'm gonna actually no, we'll do that first. That's probably a good place to start because that's something you can access. You can look on the on the uh, on the internet and find it. How many people here know? Have, I know have heard of TED Talks. Okay. How many people here have ever heard of Power Poses by Amy Cuddy? If you haven't, go to YouTube, type in Power Poses by Amy Cuddy, watch the video twelve times. Okay. This is not metaphysics. It's not NLP. It's neuroscience. It's social psychology. This stuff. I'm gonna show you has been proven clinically to change the hormonal balance in your body by as much as 20% in under two minutes if you do it in a positive way, okay? So first thing we're gonna do is there's three basic poses that we can play with, okay? First one is called the classic victory pose. Now, when Amy was doing the research on this, what she discovered, first of all, even blind children, children who have never actually seen another human being do anything, the minute they score a win, their hands automatically do this. What she discovered is that if you hold this posture, and the others I'm gonna teach you, for as little as two minutes, measured through blood tests, you will get a 20 to 25% bump in your testosterone and a corresponding drop in cortisol. So men become more manly, women become more assertive and confident, and you got a lot more relaxed in the same process. And the secret to this is, is that the moment you change the physiological configuration of your body, your emotional state has to change. They are connected. We're going to prove that right now. I want everybody to close your eyes for me. To close your eyes right now. I want you to sort back through your memory or just use your imagination. I want you to remember a time in your life when you felt like an absolute no-hold-barred winner. If that never happened, imagine what it would be like if it did. Okay, and here's what I want you to do now. I want you to step into that moment. I want you to see what you saw and hear what you heard and feel what you felt. I'm gonna add a couple parameters into this now. A, you saw something you wanted and you decided you were gonna get it no matter what. Two, you made a plan to get it. Three, you put the plan into operation. Before you nailed it, home run, no holds barred, 
absolute brass ring, gold medal, platinum medal, whatever it is. I want you to step into that moment. See what you saw. Hear what you heard. Feel what you felt. Stand and breathe the way you were breathing in that moment. Let those feelings come flooding back. As you do, notice something. Notice that there's a place in your body where that feeling starts, where you first become aware of it, that lets you know you freaking nailed it. I want you to point to where you feel it. I want you to notice that there's a color or a set of colors associated with that feeling. Now, you don't have to tell me out loud, but go with your first impression. What colors might those be, first impression? The first thing I want you to do is I want you to imagine a huge cloud of that energy floating above your head. I want you to link your breath, your mind, and your imagination. I want you to breathe that color through your entire body, head to toe. Let it fill you up like water fills up a bottle, like fluid fills up a test tube, like hot air or helium fills up a balloon. When you know you got that, just nod your head. Perfect. I want you to take a snapshot right now of your posture and your breathing. And without changing any of that, not your breathing and not your posture, try to feel bad. What? Oh, shit. Okay, go ahead back to feeling good. Excellent. Everybody open your eyes, look up here. Well, that was weird, wasn't it? For this next part, I want you all to turn around and look at TJ, because I don't want you looking at me for this motherfucking part. Everybody turn around. Well, yeah, let's turn around, because I don't want your weird shit on me. TJ's immune. I've immunized him. I want you to remember a time in your life when you saw something you wanted. You decided you were going to get it. You made the plan. You put it into operation. But this time, it didn't work out. For some reason, just missed it. I want you to remember that moment. I want you to remember how you were standing in that moment. I want you to remember how you were feeling, how you were breathing. I want you to notice where in your body you feel it. You can point to it if you want to, but just become aware of it. Notice there's a color, a series of colors connected to that feeling. Now, take a snapshot of your posture. Take a snapshot of how you're breathing. And without changing any of it, ladies and gentlemen, without changing a single piece of it, try to feel good. Now, all I want you to do is I want you to hold on now, if you can, to this negative feeling, but shift your body back to the winner posture. Notice what happens. <coughs> Turn around, look up here. What just happened? What just happened? Okay. You feel great? I did. Can't follow instructions. <laughs> I told you to host, keep feeling bad and shift your body back. You couldn't do it. I bet a lot of people have that same experience, did you not? This is what I mean. For every emotional state that you have, there is a corresponding physiology and breathing pattern that allows it to manifest. For every posture that you have, there's a corresponding emotional state. And it doesn't matter what the posture is. There will be a psycho-emotional feedback loop that it activates. 
Now you can do this in a war zone and dramatically change how you feel within two minutes. Let's go back to the happy state, shall we? Breathe those colors through your entire body. Notice what happens. That's stage one. Because once you really get this, no one can push your buttons ever again. If you're going to do any kind of affirmation work, if you're any, gonna, any kind of manifest work, any kind of goal setting work, you need to get in the right feeling states. You need to have the right filters in place. First, the moment you become aware of a negative cascade, bad feelings don't start, they don't, you don't become aware of them right away. They're like dominoes. There's a little domino here, and then a domino here, and before you know it, boom, you become aware of the third or fourth domino down the road. That's okay. It's what you do when you become aware of it that makes the difference. This is how we learn to manage and control our own neurology instead of having it done for us. Because every piece of advertising on the planet is designed to get feelings in your body to manifest. Because that's how we change how you think. We do not make decisions based on reason. We do not make decisions based on logic. We make decisions based on the feeling states in our body, the filters that are activated as a result of that, and we create a story to justify acting on those feelings. And if that's how the process works, and that's the one that's worked best on you all this time without your knowing it, imagine what would happen if you actually did and used it for yourself. Now, nobody goes into the gym, throws 500 pounds on the bar, and starts doing presses. We spent most of our life on autopilot, asleep, for lack of a better word. A lot of us are trying to wake up, and a lot of us are acting like we're trying to wake up, but really, the moment we get hit with shit that actually works, we run screaming. Okay? This is how you start. So now what we're going to do, now that we understand that we've proven that part, we're going to get back to even something more basic. We're going to hold a pose. All we're going to do, victory pose, we're going to hold it for two minutes. Now here's what's going to happen. For, most, for some of you. Some of you may just go right into it because you work faster than others. Some of you may take a little bit longer, but what you'll feel is almost like a pressure in your body. It's almost like something's building, something's building, and there's something that's in the way, like a bubble bursting or, or like you're hitting the ceiling of something. Just keep holding the posture. And then at some point, that ceiling will bust and you'll feel a, a shift. What you're experiencing is the body's equilibrium changing moving from a current cognitive or current psychoemotional state to a more resourceful one. And I'll tell you stories about this later on, but the more stories I tell, the, the less we get done, right? So everybody put your arms up, assume the posture, assume the position as the cops might say. Now remember, most of us when we do a victory pose, we don't like go, this is not the Academy Oscars, right? <laughs> Spread those feet, <laughs> tuck that butt, and just get strong. Now if you wanna play movies in your head, I don't care what movies those might be. Oh, we got some people who grew up in the 70s. All right. No Dirk Diggler's in the room, is he? And just feel good, man. Or girl, right? Remember those moments we saw? We saw, remember that really successful color? You want to amplify this? Breathe that color through your entire body. Fill yourself up with it. Notice what happens. The moment you link, the breath is the linkage between your mind and your body. The way you connect is through the breath. 
This is the same theory, the same understanding that allowed the, the Soviets to sweep the 1970s Olympics. 70-some gold medals. This is not a new technique. <laughs> that and steroids. <laughs> they had really good ones. Very cool. <sighs> Don't look down. All right, well, then you do the Wonder Woman pose. <clears throat> Those of you who are lazy, the Wonder Woman pose works just as well. Right? There's actually four that Amy talks about. This is the first one. This is the one that tends to be the most popular. Second one is the Wonder Woman pose. Third one is what I call the, the chairman of the board, the gorilla. If you've ever seen a, a CEO kind of leaning over the conference table, this means something completely different in San Francisco. <laughs> wow. I never be able to show this one on camera. <laughs> people wonder why I'm in Southern California. Anyway, the last one is, uh, you know, when I see people sit behind their desk with their feet up on the chair, that's yeah. the fourth one. And each and every, I think each and every one of these fall into the category of a winner's pose, but each of them has a slightly different um, psycho-emotional benefit. This one is the one I see getting the biggest bang for the buck more often than not. Okay, we actually had, uh, I actually taught this to my, uh, my clients who are in the trial business. Uh, for coaching their, themselves to getting better to presenting to judges and juries and things like that. But then they turned around and taught it to some of their witnesses. Time. All right, put your arms down. Notice how different you feel. We notice. <laughs> I feel pretty. <laughs> Have a seat. Very good. Give yourselves a big round of applause. <laughs> Simple stuff. Simple stuff because you won't remember the complex stuff. This stuff's got to be simple if you want it to make it practical. This is one of the reasons why a lot of people can't use some of the stuff, the more interesting things in NLP, because the processes are too complicated. Right? Your brains drop out trying to get that shit. Okay, questions about what we've covered so far? I'm always, it's always dangerous when we ask questions. But, yes? On the poses, I couldn't see the second, the second pose? Second, third, or fourth. Second, third, okay, okay, fine. I'll act it out for you. This is where David gets to fall off a chair for the, the sake of everyone. Okay, so the first one we all know is the victory pose. Second one is what we call the war. I call this the Peter Pan pose because I'm a Robin Williams fan. Okay. <laughs> this, this is one that's very, very useful. If, we had, if, I had a, if I didn't want to be too obvious, by the way, you don't walk into a job interview and go, <laughs> right? Not a good idea, right? But if there's a restroom, find a stall, hit the pose. This is what I mean. When they actually tested this, aside from the 20%, 25% bump in testosterone and, cortisol, and the drop in cortisol, what they discovered is when they put people who did these poses through the most grueling, vicious, challenging job interviews they could generate against interviewers who were specifically trained not to show any sign of emotion at all, the people who did this pose for two minutes prior to the interview always scored higher by the interviewer than the people who did not. What was the, uh, what was the woman's name? Uh, Amy Cuddy. C-U-D-D-Y. If you just go to Google, type in power poses. Um, I was doing stuff that's way more advanced down the line uh, back in 2005 all the way up to today, but Amy's done the research. And I always start with what you, I don't ask you to believe anything that I tell you. I give you the source. I take credit for the synthesis, not the source. Go and do the research, you'll find it. 
do the drills, you'll get the skills, right? But we gotta start with A, knowing that everything our meat does is based on feelings. And that our feelings can be controlled one of two ways. It can be controlled through our willpower, which is, by the way, the worst way to try and do this. Okay? How many people here have ever tried to will themselves to sleep? How'd that shit work? Right? In the, in the world of hypnosis, you have this thing called the law of unconscious response, which or inverse response, depending on how you look at it, which basically tells us the more you consciously try to make something happen, the faster the unconscious mind recedes or gives you the opposite of what you're trying to get. The secret to what we do is to be absolutely playful. The more playful you become, the more rapidly you change. Even if you're dealing with crap, heavy-duty shit. I mean, like cancer, trauma. I do a lot of trauma work, ladies and gentlemen. The fastest way to, to, to learn how to drive your own bus is to learn how to get playful. We don't spend enough time feeling good, which is why we're always driven to it. Yes? What do you mean by being playful? Like, Having fun, exactly. like when you're a little kid. So if you're feeling like you have this tragedy, six people in your family died, mm -hmm. for instance, how, how would you do that? Well, first of all, for something that at that level, the first thing I would do is change your physiology. Because what's going to happen is grief has a physiology. Mm -hmm. yeah. right? The moment you change that physiology, you can't go as deeply into the state. Mm -hmm. As you change that physiology... It's, it's much harder. It's very, very hard. However, if you're trying to do it through an act of will, generally speaking, the amplitude generated by the state is too strong for your conscious mind to manage. Your conscious mind, the rational factor, your neocortex, is the two-year-old of the neurology. It is the least informed and the last to know. Anybody here have it? I have three small, three children. I have a 25-year-old. <laughs> I have a six-year-old and I have a three-year-old. Guess which one screams the loudest? 25. <laughs> Not in my house. Right? Guess which one accomplishes the least? The 25-year-old, yeah. <laughs> actually, she works in the clinic and she does, she's in, she actually is doing quite well. But uh, my point is, is that the neocortex, that logical, rational part of you, is the least informed and the last to know anything. The decisions that you make, however logical or rational that you think you are, are based only on the information provided to it by your unconscious mind. That's how it works. And so your unconscious mind is everything else. The part of you that thinks this is me, that's your conscious mind. Your unconscious mind is everything else. So what we need to do is we need to understand that we have to accept that this works, right? Try it the other way. Get, you know, have a heart-rending um, suicidal person in your room and try, and try and tell them to will themselves to feel better. It ain't going to happen. How many people noticed, this goes back to your question, how many people noticed that when I had you stand in the negative posture and I had you try to feel good, what would you notice? A lot of resistance. When I had you assume the positive posture, or how did I, how did I do this? Oh, I had you assume the uh, the positive posture and try to feel bad. What happened? How many people noticed their body wanted to start to sag? Oh yeah. That's the mechanism. 
The one thing that you need to be aware of to utilize this methodology is when that sag wants to happen. And cognitively, pop yourself back into the posture. The more you do it, you will be engaging what NLP calls a pattern interrupt. Remember I said every feeling state is a cascade. It starts with one thing here and one thing here and one thing here, and they all just kind of flow like dominoes in a row. The moment we become aware of that domino shift, we change it. And if, you know, two minutes is the minimum. Depending on the amplitude and the gravity of the state, you may need to hold it longer. I had a guy come in. His mom brought him to me. I don't know why she brought him to me. Um, he was uh, recovering from a uh, heroin addiction, and he was going through the withdrawal. He hated withdrawal. Nobody in it likes it, but he was just in a fetal position, wanting to kill himself, and the mom brought him into my office. She, she gave me warning that she was bringing him in, but I'm like, he'd been through so many different kinds of therapy and psychologists and this, that, and the other thing. And I walked, the guy walked in, he's taller than me. Can I use you for a second? Do you mind being suicidal for me for a minute? <laughs> By the way, I do not recommend you work with people who are suicidal. That takes a lot of training. Um, but I could see, you know, this guy was like, in this really just hunkered down, just at his wit's end kind of state. And I knew at that moment, there was nothing that's gonna come out of your mouth that's gonna reach him. Why? Based on what we've learned tonight, why might that be true? It's physiology. Well, it's physiology is obviously screwed, but what's connected to that? Guess what attention, guess what information he's going to pay attention to first? Guess how he's going to frame every single thing that comes out of my mouth? Exactly. And because his system is invested in keeping that perspective, he will fight me. So you know what I did? First thing, serviceman, obviously, right? First thing I did was I popped his back just like that. I said, stand up, put your head back. He burst out laughing. <laughs> Not even a three second, he burst out the minute, poof! <laughs> and every time he tried to wilt, I popped him back for five minutes. Needless to say, he didn't commit suicide. Your brain is, has filter upon filter upon filter. And depending on what level you're injecting the information, that's the filter that's going to come into place. Most of us don't realize we've had a physiological, emotional state change until way down the line. And then we try to talk ourselves out of it. How does that work? Usually not well. Which means we need to change. Yes? Isn't it important to process your emotions? Absolutely. And that's what's coming next. But first, we have to learn how to manage them. You see, one of the problems that we have in NLP, thank you very much. Give him a big round of applause. The problem isn't, no, we all know we need to process our emotions, but we don't know what that actually means. Most of us are taught emotional management, and what we're really taught us is emotional repression. Avoidance. Suck it down. Tough it out. Big boys don't cry. Right? That's not management. That's not processing. That's cancer waiting to happen. That's Parkinson's waiting to happen. It's MS waiting to happen. Are there other factors? Absolutely. The latest research from the trauma world shows us that 80% of all chronic illness is memory-based. Think about that. Eight out of 10 people walking into the doctor's office for a chronic illness are there because of a bad memory 
or a series of them. The problem, and Richard Bandler isolated this probably better than anybody, the founder of, one of the founders of NLP, is that the reason we have a lot of problems is we confuse, we confuse thinking with remembering. We don't think most of the time. We remember. And connected to those memories are feelings. And connected to those feelings is a whole set of filters to our reality that bias how we, we see the world. Make sense? That's how it works. Whether you believe it or not, if you find a way that works faster and better, go for it. Tell me, please. Right? So, we got to learn how to control our state. State has, it's the most, if you've learned nothing but what I just showed you tonight, you are 80 to 90% ahead of everybody else out there. Because when your state is right, your filters are right. When your filters are right, the information that you have facilitates where you want to go. Otherwise, you're swimming upstream. Right? Getting back to grief, that might take a little bit more than what we're doing, but it's the same idea. When you understand where you feel it, and you can point to where you feel it, and you isolate that, and you, change, and you utilize the physiology in a holographic way, which, again, this is something for another meetup, because I do a lot of trauma work, a lot of, a lot of grief work. There's a neurology, there's a language that your nervous system uses to create every single memory, every single thought, every single idea. Everything human beings do has a structure which relies on a code. And once you understand the code and how the system processes it, you can change pretty much anything. I say pretty much because I haven't tested everything yet. Right? It's like people say, well, have you been nearsighted all your life? Or have you been gay all your life? No, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not nearsighted. But... <laughs> okay. But I do self-identify as a heterosexual married male with three children. <laughs> not a role model for politically correct youth, folks. Okay. Um, when we're dealing with fears, when we're dealing with blocks, whether we're dealing with things we want more of or things we want less of, the first thing to understand is that there's a feeling in your body. And if you can point to that feeling, you can change it. If you're focused and playful and absorbed and you get three things involved, your imagination, your body, and your intention. That's it. You don't believe me. Stand up. Everybody, I want you to think of that time, that place when you felt so awesome. Just you close your eyes, see what you saw, hear what you heard, feel what you felt. And then what I want you to do, I want you to point to where you feel that feeling in your body. And then I want you to use your imagination for me. I want you to imagine, if you will, that floating somewhere in the space around you is a picture that represents that feeling. I want you to reach out with your other hand and touch it for me. 
Now take both of your hands. Trace the outline of that energy with both of your hands so you know exactly how big it is. Grab the edges of it. And without slugging the person next to you, because it happens, expand that picture like the window on your iPhone or your cell. Notice what happens as you expand it to fill the room. Notice what happens to that feeling in your body. That's what I'm talking about. Now just for fun, lift it up over your head. Pull it down around you like a big blanket. Notice what happens now. What the hell? Now, you can have this back at whatever intensity level you want in just a minute. But right now, unwrap it. Lift it back up over your head. Hold it out in front of you. Shrink it down to the size of a postage stamp. Tell me what happens to the feeling. Oh, shit. Lift it back up over your head. How many people here know what a Frisbee is? Without slugging the person behind you. Take that Frisbee. Throw it all the way behind you, back behind the horizon until it disappears completely. <laughs> Scan your body. Notice what happened. What'd you notice, sir? Sir with the plaid shirt here. What'd you notice? Uh, I don't know. I felt playful. Playful? When you throw it behind you? Yeah. What were you playing with? I don't know. <laughs> what happened? I'm upset. It's good. When you threw it behind you, what happened? It's gone. It's gone? Oh, shit. Well, we want that back, don't we? Do you want yeah. that back? I do, yeah. Lift your hands up over your head. Imagine your hands now the world's most powerful Frisbee magnets. <laughs> Suck that thing right back into your hands. Now, here's what I want you to do. Ladies and gentlemen, inside your mind and body, you are the god of your neurology. You are the queen of your kingdom. And you have absolute right, privilege, and authority to do anything you want with anything you want that your neurology creates, manages, or categorizes, or, or organizes in any way. I want you to play with this image. I want you to play with the size, the shape, the location, inside or outside of your body. I want you to move it around you and notice how the feelings change each and every time you make one of those distinctions until you find the place that gives you the best feeling ever. And then I want you to just fix it into place. That's right. Play with it. Like the first time you get that new computer, you don't bother reading the fucking manual, just start touching buttons and see what happens. <laughs> Right? Play with it! Play with too much, you go blind. No, that's a different, that's, that's, that's a different class. I'm sorry. No. Notice what happens when you find the spot that gives you the best experience ever. Fix it into place. And let, it, let that feeling just flood into your body, into your heart. Notice it going into your bloodstream. Notice as it goes into your bloodstream. Every place your blood goes, that feeling flows. Let it flow into the cells and the DNA and the genes within that DNA, transforming them, programming them, turning each and every cell of your body into a little pleasure factory. Don't try to measure it. Don't try to manage it. Don't try to make it happen faster. Just notice that process taking place until it becomes so strong, so powerful, it's impossible to turn off. And when you reach that point, and only you know when that happens, try to turn it off and notice what happens instead. <clears throat> you got it? Open your Up your eyes. Notice how different you feel. What's up with you, dude? You're doing a jig over here. <laughs> what happened? Um, I don't know. What did everybody else did, do? Did you try to turn it off? No. You didn't try. Fuck you. <laughs> fuck you. I'm not turning that shit off. It got <coughs> Wait, you mean you're stuck feeling good now? Oh, yeah. oh shit. That's a suck deal. You stuck feeling good? Yes. 
because the way your neurology interacts with your language changes everything. But what you did in that moment was take charge of your system the way it was designed to be programmed by God. I didn't create the system. I just showed you how to use it. You did it, not me. The more you play with this, the more you will create in your body a state known as neuroplasticity. You can look it up. It's a big word. I had to look it up several times. I still can't spell it. <laughs> neuroplasticity is the rate and speed with which your neurology creates different neurological pathways and connections within itself. Most of us have going through a neurology that's on autopilot. The more of these connections you make, the more amplified and powerful your system becomes. The more you play with this, the more control you will have if you play. Now, some of you are going to come in here with a base hit, right? Some of you are going to say, oh, I barely felt anything. That's okay. Some of you are like, holy shit. It doesn't matter. What matters is you felt something change. The rest is just repetition. Look, he's bouncing all over the place here, right? All right. Now, just for fun, how many people here have something they'd like to get rid of? Yeah. Will that be all right? Is it okay to get rid of it? I'm going to do this as a group because I, if I everybody sit. <laughs> Let me explain to you a little bit about what just happened. You have different, yes, sir? I generate a lot of body heat. That's true. Yeah, I know. Many people will too. Some people will get, they'll get very hot. They'll get, it'll get hotter, trust me. They'll break out in a sweat. Very common. That's how you know. I call that the neurological reset or the emotional detox. Literally what's happening is when you activate all the different levels of the neurology, there's a synergy that takes place. This isn't just talk therapy. This isn't just body work. This isn't just energy psychology. This is everything integrating synergistically in the way your neurology is designed to work. NLP gave us the idea. Confirmation came from everywhere else. Okay? There's a lot of what is commonly referred to, in, in, if you guys want to Google holographic memory resolution, a lot of really good clinical work on that, integrated in here. Right? The one thing you need to know, you got to be playful. You got to get your physiology involved. You got to breathe. What was that again, the holographic what? Holographic memory resolution by Brent Baum. Brilliant, brilliant dude. Okay, another, another priest who had to leave the priesthood to find God, but that's all right. Common. So, <clears throat> and people, uh, scale of zero to 10. Here's what we're going to do now is we're going we're gonna to do, I'm, I usually bring people up and just start doing demos. The problem is, is it takes me a long time to do the demo. And 90% of you just fucking hijack the demo anyway and go along for the ride. Right? So we're going to do this as a group. Now, a couple of parameters when we start doing these things as a group. A, you're going to want to tackle the biggest, most nastiest, most egregious, provocative thing in your life in the room. Don't do that. Okay? For now. Your neurology works best when it has a history of success. The reason, anybody ever buy a self-help book, try to do that shit and it didn't work? Self-efficacy? Self-help book? A self-help book? No, you're talking about self-efficacy. The more you do something, yeah. Well, it's not just that. It's that one of the things that happens in your neurology is that anytime you're faced with a new process, the first thing, or any, anything new for that matter, the first thing your neurology does is it does a systems check. In NLP, we call it a transderivational search. In hypnotherapy, 
we call it accessing the unconscious mind for initial sensitizing or subsequent sensitizing events. What that really means is I'm faced with a problem. The filters in my brain say, oh, look, somebody just called David, this is, somebody just called David a flaming asshole. There's a process in you that says, well, is David a flaming asshole? I don't know. Let me check. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's a dick. <laughs> Go on in. That's the aperture. That's the filter you have in place. First thing that happens goes the other way, too. It's an equal opportunity hater. Right? Guy comes to the front door, says, David's a great dude. He's the next Meshuggah. Messiah, I mean. Right? Well, is David the next Messiah? I don't know. Let me check. Nah, he's a dick. Get the fuck out of here. That's how it works. That filter that's in place is based on a bunch of different things, one of which is how you grew up. Okay? You're going to do the therapy side of this. You're going to find out that when you, when you take people back, even beyond traumas, when you start working with people who come in for broken hearts or, you know, Afghanistan, you know, post-traumatic vets, things like that, divorces, huge. Okay? You're going to find out something, regardless of what comes in your door. And most of you aren't here. You're not, you're not what I call a special kind of stupid. Okay? Most of us are here to fix our own shit, right? We have our own shit that we want to fix, and we want to go out and have the life we want. But then there's a small class of us who are a special kind of stupid. We want to fix other people's shit. <laughs> right? I did not choose this life. When I was learning this stuff, all I wanted was kick butt, get laid, and be cool. God had other plans. But what you'll discover is when you start working with the system, Nine times out of ten. I would say almost a hundred times. When you actually ask the system to take you back to where that shit started, first scene, situation, or event, that is the source of it, zero to seven years. I say five, but some people say seven. I very rarely find someone who goes to seven. It's always zero to five. But every now and then, something comes up. You get somebody to actually access the hard drive that is the human body. That's why you have feelings in your body. It's a hard drive. Every experience that you have is recorded and stored like information on a hard drive, but it's not recorded in your brain as you understand it. It's recorded in your body. That's why you can point to where you feel it. But most of us, we're living from the neck up. We're completely unaware consciously of the feelings in the meat. That's the first job, to get back into the meat, because all the power is there. But it needs to be told what to do with that stuff, because until you tell it what to do in the way that it understands, it's just going to do what it's programmed to do. That's it. You have a trauma survival mechanism within you that takes over. The moment your stress level hits a certain point and it locks that shit in your body like, a, like an antivirus quarantines a program and it stores it and you go about your day because they didn't teach you that you need to go back in and clean out the fucking filter. And so that shit builds up over time and every time you find yourself in a situation or a context or an environment that is in any way similar to what you got stored in there, everything fires. Remember that little mechanism going back, searching through the files? 
It's happening every moment of every day. But you've never maintained the app. You never updated it. You never changed the filing system. And so you reach a point in there where there's no more room. The energy has been built up, stored, ignored. And the body, the, the person down there is saying, hey, little help. And you're like, ah. guys are going, little help. Right? And we're going, ah. oh, she said that. Okay. Right? We ignore it. We stuff it down. How many people have had this experience? Driving along, have the weekend off. I never get that anymore. <laughs> Not a cloud in the sky. Maybe your favorite tunes are playing on the radio. Just kicking back, right? And then a shitty memory from when you were seven comes up from out of nowhere. What the fuck's behind that? Your neurology, your system has protocols in place. Part of which is maintaining and updating the system. So there's a part of you sitting down there going, hey, need a little fucking help down here. Oh, he's, he's, not, he's not doing anything right now. Maybe we can finally handle this. And up it comes. And do we go rushing right into it? Oh, no. It's too nice a day to think about that. I'll think about it later. Well, guess what? For every unit of energy you lock in your body, you need an equal greater amount of energy to keep it there. I'm an acupuncturist. I know this. Okay? Problem with acupuncture is that it doesn't have a real direct route to the problem. Only another layer of symptom. The energy. We can rebalance the energy the surplus or deficit in the body. But what generated the energy in the first place? That's the emotion. That's the event. The emotion is the energy. <coughs> but the generator is the memory. The generator is the memory. Now, you have a holographic nature to your nervous system. It's fractal and it's holographic, which means every piece of it is connected to every other piece, no matter where it is in your body. And by changing one piece in the right way, you can affect all of it. Now, that's, that's a lot for tonight. And it is way past our break time. So here's what's going to happen. Well, I was going to show you guys how to get rid of some shit. So we'll do that as soon as we come back from our break. Is that okay? Yeah. A lot of you had things about fear and doubt and certain things like that. We're going to show you a quick and easy way to do that. Uh, we'll practice it once or twice. And then what I'll probably do is I'll probably do a group, uh, a group process for everybody, kind of help wire these things in and give you a little bit more to work on. So one of the things that I talked about was I'll show you where to go for more. I don't take everybody for my clients. I don't want to waste your time. I don't want to waste my time. For everybody who came out tonight, it's my gift to you. Way to get your, your, new, your, your new Year's off to the right start. I'm giving everybody in here. Well, actually, I only have, how many slots do we have? We have I, I saw 10. How many we got? There is about seven. Seven? Oh, shit. Okay. All right. Well, there's seven slots, and if there's a waiting list, then there's a waiting list. But for everybody who came out tonight, uh, everybody here, usually to walk in my door, it's $175 an hour. We're waving that. Anybody who wants to come out tonight is my gift to you. I'll give you a free 30-minute consultation. It's not a therapy session. It's just a chance to find out if there's a way that I can help you with some of the things that 
you came here to learn about. If there's uh, a fit, we'll go forward if you want to. If not, you just want to pick my brain for 30 minutes, which is kind of cool because some of you are kind of hot. That's, <laughs> I'm teasing. You're not hot at all. No. <laughs> if you just want to come out and pick my brain for 30 minutes, it's your 30 minutes, me and you getting to know each other. If there's a fit, we'll work that out. If there isn't, I'll tell you that too. Because like I said, I don't use these techniques on people. And there's some people who can, can vouch for that. There are some people who were not a good fit initially. Later they came back and it worked out just fine. There's a certain level that your neurology has to reach before it's willing to change. When I was learning coming up through the ranks, I said, most people haven't, don't change because they haven't suffered enough. Mm -hmm. right? So my gift to you, 30 minutes. We're going to take 15 minutes. We're going to come back at 9 o'clock. There is a ton of chocolate back there. There is lots of coffee. Eat as much as humanly possible because I also do weight loss. <laughs> no, actually, the reason that we talked, remember I talked about neuroplasticity? There's a hormone in your body, a neurotransmitter, that actually facilitates neuroplasticity. It makes you able to learn and accumulate and acquire new information faster. That hormone is called oxytocin. Mm -hmm. Now, the way you get oxytocin is, A, 20 minutes of intense nonstop machine gun orgasms. We're not doing that tonight. <laughs> 20 or 30 minutes of continuous hugging. Logistically, probably not going to work. Although I did see a, a video on Facebook where somebody actually started a business as a professional cuddler. I saw that too. Isn't that cool? That's <laughs> that opens up a whole new kettle of fish. The other way is to eat lots and lots of substances that are high in oxytocin, specifically chocolate. That's why women love it so much. Not so much. There's always one in the crowd. Usually more than one, but then one admits it. Right? You guys having fun? Yeah. You learn a whole lot? All right. Use the restroom, eat lots of candy, drink lots of uh, coffee, come on back, because I need some, <laughs> and we'll, get, we'll jump in. Thank you all. You see Linda about getting, uh, getting the console and claiming your gift. Thank you for listening to The Unlimited Influence, Reprogram Your Subconscious Mind with Dr. David Snyder. Stay updated by visiting at www.davidsnydernlp.com and follow social media accounts. If you want to reprogram your subconscious mind, don't hesitate to call me at 858-282-4663 and we can talk more about what your mind has to offer.